You're listening to the City Lights Equipping Podcast, where we are helping you identify your next step in exalting Jesus and extending the kingdom of heaven right where you are. If this podcast encourages or challenges you, please leave us feedback on our iTunes channel and share on your social media to help more people discover the very same things that are stirring you in your walk with the Lord. Howdy doody, City Lights Equipping Podcast listener. My name is Chris Armfield. Yeah, I am with my good pal Konnichiwa. with growing Arrivede long hair, Oliver Wong. You never know. You never. I have a very interesting hair DNA genetic situation. My what's, dad didn't have any hair, so I'm just glad to have it. But what's that um, mean? Like you feel like like can, some people. I don't think empathize enough with bad hair days versus good hair days. On my hair, like it could really swing. Who knows what it's going to do? Wow. There's lots of different positive, negative ions wow. and charges. So. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm, my hair's been growing out a little bit. I went from the shaved look I out of obedience, that. and now it's growing a little bit. But people stop me now a lot and go, oh, you cut your hair? And I'm like, no, there just actually is some styled hair now. Like, oh, okay. People just don't know what to make of it. They're not sure how to understand it. So Do you think that at our church that, that people like get feel weird about our hairstyles changing so much? Like my baptism... Right. Like the baptism picture oh, yeah. from last season versus this season is always different. We're I don't know. Like a boy band I, around here, right? I, I definitely get poked fun of. I'll say that, yeah. and I am definitely the recipient of comments about every choice I make on my aesthetic. Sure. So that's why I don't. I try to minimize pretty much everything in my life on a aesthetic because I'm on a stage. How's summer going? Let's talk that. Oh man, summer is great. I'll tell you what, I found myself at the pool twice this week already and it's only Wednesday. <laughs> I've worked hard for that. Uh-huh. Uh, after I've worked hard and had a, a good day's work, I will sneak to the pool for an hour and just enjoy it. So I've actually got sunburned and I didn't mean to, but I also read a book. It's been great. And I've been told by lots of people that my hair is changing color. Yeah. In fact, it's, blonde. Uh, it's very blonde. And actually, somebody came up and went, ooh. And I went, what? And they go, you look just like Justin Timberla- Timberlake. And I, I instantly went to the sync bleach blonde. I went, what do you yes. mean? They go, your hair looks great. It looks like Justin Timberlake. And I was thinking, what do they mean? They go, and it's so blonde. So I can, you know, you, can, you can't really see yourself very well. But yes, I've been in the sun a lot. But to be fair... I have spritzed a little bit of sun in, in my hair. Uh, okay, so now that I, I'm just going to go on record. I'm not going listener. to the hairstyle. He's more it's, honest with you than me because we had this pre-convo and yeah. this did not come out until now. Well, so. you said I'm bleaching my hair. I don't think that's what sun in is, okay. is it? No, 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 it's not. Okay. You're, you're not technically in... It's lemon juice. Yeah. Ish. I don't know. But, but that's what's going on. I just put a little summer spritz. We could do... We talked... We saw Spider-Man together. We the did other see day, Spider-Man. Which is so great. But I, I kept laughing. I was laughing it? so hard. Sometimes I'd look over at you and you... I wasn't sure what you were doing. I told you I was like that chubby Hawaiian kid in there. I'm oh, man. If you've seen Spider-Man, that's Oliver Inner men. In, uh, inside. Yeah. You were the guy on the... On the outside, on the, your UFC. The on the TV, inside. the chair, and I was outside. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I was the guy in the chair. It's pretty fun. That was his first movie, I found out. Is Hawaiian it? kid, first movie. He's actually like... Oh, that's He's bald, shaved his head. Oh yeah, and the other guy's British, which is crazy. I really like Tom. I can't remember his name. I don't know. Tom Hanks. Yep. Um, Speaking of good movies, what's the worst movie you've seen in the last three months? We saw The Mummy together yep. with Tom Cruise, and it I'm wasn't a sucker as, for Tom listen, Cruise. It wasn't I'm never letting go of Tom Cruise. There's nothing he could do to make him lo- make me love him anymore. Wow, or less. That's a good transition if we, <laughs> if we want to use it, but I'm not. Hey, we're not. Um, I, I thought Mummy was not nearly as bad as the reviewers and critics. Set your said. standard low if you go to see Mummy, right. and you can only be outbid. I think so. I think so. What's Solid the next approach. movie you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, ooh, no, I'd say um, I just realized that uh, I can't remember the director. Well, anyways, Jurassic Park 
Jurassic World 2 is coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. Howard, what's the guy's name that does Ron the director? Howard? Ron Howard's daughter. Oh, I just figured out that's oh, his daughter, yeah, which yeah, is so crazy. Yeah. But she cool. said on Instagram today, it was their last day of filming. She ugly cried, and cool. it was him and Chris Pratt, her and Chris Pratt. And I liked the first one. I really did. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. So I'm looking that's forward to Jurassic I'm World looking forward too. to um, the the last Planet of the Apes. Oh, oh yeah. And you know, I don't Solid. even know if I watched number two, but this la- this next one looks really good yeah. to me. I'm a I'm a sucker for just entertainment with some films. It doesn't have to be a great story. I just want entertainment. So, well, that's what it'll be today, podcast listener. We're going to get into a topic uh, about the effort and the earning of uh, of our actions beyond beyond grace. Um, when we think about walking with God, we understand that's an interaction. Um, and one of the one of the processes that I think we all walk through, and I do too personally, Chris, is just the process of thinking, what's God doing in my life? And where does his action uh, start and end in my life? And where am I just responsible to act on my own or to, mm. as you've said so many times with the Dallas Willard quote, um, in uh, leverage my own effort or my right. own perspiration in trying. Some of the words we came up with podcast listener ahead of time were the idea of automatic and achievement. So maybe the vision for the way that grace would work in our life is that God sort of imparts in us a righteousness that's automatically going to happen on accident more than it actually does through effort? Or is it part of something that I would achieve or grow in that I would need to participate in? Another way to look at it, maybe provision Mm -hmm. versus effort. What are some of the other ones that you had? Well, like, uh, you know, I'm exercising and I can see benefits versus just that person's physically endowed with gift, physical gift, you know, like, I can't just go run a marathon tomorrow, but there are probably some people who have just had the physical makeup where they can do it. I would have yeah. to exercise a lot to get there. And so the, I think with in our God conversation, it's, the, it's sort of the question that's always changing. Where does my effort end and God's uh, provision begin? Yeah. You know, and it's not like, you know, just to kind of jump ahead to give you a little example, it's not... It's not formulaic. Like if you spend two hours reading the scriptures and one hour in prayer every day, you'll sin less. You'll be tempted less. You'll you'll uh, have a prophetic dream. You'll have a vision in a sure. year. You'll speak in which tongues. Which could be striving. You'll become which a preacher. Could be a sense of yeah. like I earned something, right? Because I mean, if you look at it, we can give plenty of examples. But just starting, um, Paul was not interested in getting saved or having his life turned around right. when he was on the road to Damascus. It was purely grace that Jesus appears to him, knocks him off his horse and says, you're persecuting me. And he's like, who are you? And Paul, from that point, has a 180 and walks completely the other direction for the rest of his physical years. Uh-huh. The moment of change uh-huh. was purely a gift. It was an endowment by God. The rest of Paul's life, though, I yeah. would say, was something he was exercising or the word effort or the word achievement. He was working. But if you were to say like, yeah, but didn't Paul have like a, a revelation where he went to the third heaven? Was that because he prayed so much? I'd look at that and go, well, I think he positioned himself. But no, getting to the third heaven, that's that's an endowment. That's a gift of God. Like, yeah. There's a point where there's effort and there's a point where there's endowment. And I just will say as a personal witness, for, and you know, this finishes my comment about this part, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. like some of my greatest times where God's revealed things to me have been when I've been in sin, yeah. <laughs> like literally actively involved in sin. And I'm like, oh, how could such a good gift come right now? It's definitely not because of me. And then there's been times where we've used the word consecration, like really bringing effort to God, not trying to get something, but just because we, he's invited us to come and be in his presence where 
I have found myself with the most temptation to sin, and nothing good came out of it. You know, so I look at it and go, oh, their personal Chris Armfield story, my testimony, there's not, there's still not a formula for me. I, I don't know that X amount of time in a holy place or a holy effort produces some sort of righteousness. No. And I wouldn't say that my sin all of a sudden discounts me from actually getting the, one of the highest and deepest revelations from God. It doesn't work like that. Right. And I know this discussion, Oliver, is to try to explain how it works. Uh, and I think from today's episode and next week's, we're going to hopefully really talk about it well. Today, I believe our task is really to try to understand what is the scripture's what boundaries? Right. Uh, are there prescriptions in the scriptures? Are there descriptions in the scriptures? And how big and wide are those boundaries set out for us? One of the difficult things that I could think of is a subtext for this whole entire conversation is the issue of healing or the issue of miracles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see in the Gospels, Jesus will make this comment, let it be done to you as you have believed. Or he would talk to the centurion, and we'll mm-hmm. get into this a little bit later, or the, uh, I believe it's a Samaritan woman, and say, look at that faith. He right. was so yep. attracted to faith. It talks about in the scriptures, yeah. it's impossible to please God without faith. And whether it's, you know, that book that's called Sun Stands Still or other different precedents mm-hmm. we see in the Older New Testament, this this teaching, whether or not we believe it or not, or how much we subscribe to it is definitely prevalent. And I think whether we speak it or think it, it's still there. The question of, would more faith impact God's ultimate course of action? Yeah. Could I could I bend God's ear or, right. I hate to say, twist God's arm because we're right. so much more, it tends to negatively narrate that, yep. that idea, but it does seem that God honors faith. He does ask several people in the Bible, what do you want me to do for mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Knowing already we know his sovereignty mm-hmm. and omniscience says he knows what they need and knows more of what they need than they even know, yeah. but the participation is what God seems to be interested in. Right. And so what I'm just wondering with you, yeah. as we're wondering right. with you, podcast listener as well, um, what's my role? Um, what does faith actually mean in terms of effort and yeah. output? Yeah. Um, and maybe one I heard you earlier say is difference between salvation and sanctification. Are yeah. we saved by grace, but sanctification requires more of an effort or a participation? That's something that I think we could discuss later on to this, this podcast. Yeah. But to give you a picture, that picture of us walking on the beach, and you know that famous poster or that famous poem that we've seen, mm. it's a little bit trite and silly, we can laugh at it, but it's a, it's a great picture. I think what we're talking about is that as we walk alongside with with God, do we walk alongside with him hand by hand where we're taking our own steps with him? Or at some points, is he carrying us more than we actually think or give him credit for? Mm -hmm. That it feels like effort on the outside, but in the cosmic, unseen, spiritual, and supernatural side of things, we look back in retrospect and realize we weren't in control. We were the ones that were just drafting off of his grace. We were the ones just being carried across the beach. And only his footsteps are the ones that build traction towards movement. I've been in both places before, yeah. and I'm just interested to hear, you know, what God would say through a conversation. And it's a, you know, I, I do want to use that illustration. I think it's fine, even though maybe it's been silly to some of us or extremely meaningful to some of us. And it, it does communicate a good truth. What's interesting is if, you're, if your eyes are up watching the horizon on the beach, you are moving. When you look down at the sand behind you, you only see one set of footprints. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe you were just abiding. Maybe you were clinging. Um, maybe you were comfortable, whatever. I mean, you did move. How did we get here is the question. And it's still mysterious in that regard. Uh, I'll jump out to the water as a surfer. I would look, we, when we'd paddle out, we would look for a marker on the beach because we knew the current. If we just sat still, 
the current was going to take us north or south, and it's sometimes a yep. mile away, yep. and we wouldn't even know it yep. because we were focused on our effort by of surfing east-west. In the process, we got taken a mile north or a mile south, and so my point to that is I didn't contribute to my north-south. Yep. I was only contributing to my east-west, yep. and I do think that's very true with our Christianity, our faith with God, uh, but let's, let's, let's take a sidestep for a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would be foolish, and podcast listener, I'm not calling you a fool, but we would be foolish and nearsighted. We would be a little bit blind if we were to think this is only a Christian conversation sure. or a religious one, because culture, doesn't culture ask the same question? I was going to say the same thing. So uh, it made me think this conversation about Kobe Bryant, if you're not familiar with basketball, I, of course, love basketball, Chris, but Kobe's considered one of the best players of all time, and he has something, literally an entire... Uh, ethos, uh, ideology, philosophy of, mm-hmm. of training, and that's called the, quote, Mamba mentality. And I'd say <laughs> that it's just silly because he calls himself a black, the Black Mamba and he's like this snake and he pounces on you and stuff like that. But the point is I listened to him. He went to Shanghai one time, get this talk, and all of the different letters are an acronym for different things like aggression and uh, consistency and appetite or I don't know, these different things that I can't remember offhand. But the point is I could really summarize them all with one word. All five of them or six of them, effort, 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 right, effort, effort, right. effort. In some places, especially in, in places of culture, in the highest level of performance, in the in the in the loftiest goals of biggest business acumen, we are driven by and we are the amount of the ultimate culmination of our efforts. The sum our of our ability, own parts. Correct. The sum of parts. <laughs> yeah. So the grit effect, how much can I inch by inch, line by line, mile by mile, push my um, mark forward yeah. into into the sand. And and there's something to be said about, said for that, I think, in terms of... Now, we're talking worldly, not necessarily heavenly accomplishment, sure, but in terms of sure. worldly accomplishment, it's very difficult to interview anybody of great long-standing success, whether it's earlier we're talking about Jay-Z or we're talking about um, Bill Clinton or we're talking about somebody in the, in the business world. All of these people, when you ask them c- continually and commonly, hey, do you think it's more about grace or effort? All of them say effort, for yeah, sure. Right. I've, I made my right. lot in life on my own person. I lift myself up by my bootstraps. Now, if you look self-made backwards- Self-made man, self-made woman. Yeah. It, which is usually the arrogant side of that person. You Absolutely. Know? And we're a little appalled when somebody wins an MVP trophy and they only talk about themselves, which is rare now. You yeah. know, I, I don't feel like I've seen that recently, but we see that, right? I right. Mean, so, I mean, I think our first cultural stroke is- the way that the world looks about how they got where they are, mm-hmm. uh, if they're not looking for, uh, well, if they're looking for an explanation, and I, you know what, to be candid, I think people are learning how to sound humble, yeah. so they do, they want to be a good team player, so they just say, I thank my elementary school teacher who taught me to never give up, I thank my basketball, you know, Michael Jordan thanking a coach for yep. cutting him because it gave him drive, right. but ultimately, Jordan especially, yeah. if there's a guy who's going to say, I am like I am who I am. Yeah. I, I'm the guy who got where I am. Mm-hmm. To me, Jordan's personality and and Kobe Bryant to some degree, those guys. I think culture gives us a very clear picture of I got where I am. I, okay, I got one for you, Kanye West. Sure, that's a guy who I think more than anybody on earth would say, or Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got where I am because of me. Sure, that's me. The opposite of that would be it takes a tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a tribe to get me where I am. And I think people's affinity in voting for those types of people suggests probably the internal monologue that people are sending to, which is, even though I'm not saying it out loud, that's what I think. Right. And right? I vote so for you because I believe that. it. Yeah. I believe, like, if we're going to get anywhere, I got to do it, you know? Yeah. And listen, I'm not I'm not dissing that, 
But once we do move the conversation into a biblical worldview, sure. or a Judeo-Christian worldview at least, uh, to use different language, there's no way that you stop at the conversation of me-centeredness or tribe-centeredness. I think culture even tells us this, doesn't they? Don't they say karma? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I got here because, right. yes, that person brought me water when I was dying on the side of the road, but how could they have known I was over there? Uh, the universe served me well because I gave a stranger water last week, karma, mm-hmm. or um, the stars aligned, I'm an Aquarius, and I, it said I'd have good fortune this week, or just straight up luck. Right. You know, I've heard plenty of people during March Madness with basketball, how'd you get there? Luck. How did you, how'd you get that last thing at the store during Black Friday? luck. Mm-hmm. Now Christians will say Jesus or you know at the Grammys the or anything yeah. else, you know, it's the opening statement. They know that when Kurt Warner was winning football titles, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, and there's some Christians who are a little bit uh, obnoxious. I've seen some and I only it's just my taste, but I've seen some Christians when they're being interviewed just go it was God. Well, what about blah, 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 when you saw your player over there and you made that pass? Oh, that was Jesus. Oh, when you did but you know like Tim Tebow before the game, back when he was an athlete, would say, Jesus is going to give me the win. And then he loses and says, like, Jesus didn't want me to win. It's just sort of like, wait a minute, what? which one is it? Didn't, yeah. didn't you fumbling lose the game? Yeah. And that's a good question. It gets right back into the conversation is, you know, the culture does recognize the same question. Where does my effort meet tribe or community? Right. And is there a divine um, aura or karma that balances everything out? We're familiar with culture, so we're not afraid to talk this way, Oliver. And hopefully, podcast past, podcast listener, you could be honest about these things too. You've maybe thought, "Wow, it was luck, it was favor, it was my looks, it was my hard work, whatever it might be." I just know I can speak for myself. There's things that I've worked hard for, and I've seen great success from. There's things I've worked hard for and saw nothing from community or even the divine. Mm-hmm. There's still not a formula for me, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, uh, and I'll say it now, and I'll say it again. I bring a lot of effort on a daily basis to the things of God, mm-hmm. um, and I've found Him waiting and partnering with me. But it doesn't always equal if I bring if I go half the way, you know, like Hitch, you go ninety, she yeah, goes 10. 90, 10. Like that hasn't been the case. There's been times when I'm going negative, mm-hmm. and God meets me there, for, and that's in spite of me. Like I'm mm-hmm. going the other. That's like Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul wasn't meriting favor and grace and and honor. He was going against God, and God met him. So. If you're listening, podcast listener, I'm going to be pushing in every direction today, biblically, to show you that there isn't a formula, but you're invited to all things. Intrinsically, what you're saying with the Tebow theology or hermeneutic or however you want to say it, um, is we could get potentially lazy about it, or even secularly or in terms of biblical thinking, it's easier just to categorize everything into, this is stuff that I do, or everything into the category of this is what my team did, or this is what luck provided for me, when mm-hmm. the reality is, I think, in the Bible, there is an invitation to jump jump into that mystery of trying to discern, what is my role? When Paul talks about, let's just say, in terms of money and labor, he says, if you don't labor, you're not going to eat. So right. there, there is certain consequence, cause and react reality. We do operate in a divine law, like gravity is going to affect a Christian just as much as it affects a non-Christian or reigning and sinners and saints and that sort of thing. So we are in some places interacting with a 
uh, personable personality God, but in another way, we are just operating in the world with certain natural laws, and right. we don't want to give one excuse for the other and say, oh, well, that was God when it was just, oh, I threw the football really fast, right. and the guy caught it, you know? Right. So I think what you're, what you're, what I hear you inviting us in, and I think it's a really good thing we can jump into at this point in the podcast, is just the question, you know, where does God end and where do I begin, and, mm-hmm. and how do I interact with him and dance with him so I don't get out of my lane and mm-hmm. try and do something that he's supposed to be doing for me, or the opposite, expecting him to do something like feed me if I'm not working, you know? Right. So those are two different dynamics right. that I want to make sure that I'm I'm walking in and balance. Yeah, that's powerful. And, you know, I think the there's there's gutters in this convo. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I'm a team, Tim Tebow fan because I was a Gator, a uh, Gator fan. I'm almost all Clemson, um, but I'm kind of going back to Gator Dabo. now in these last years. But, last year, actually. But uh, Tim Tebow, I think what he presented, and I don't know if he intentionally did it, but um, I love God. I know God loves me and I'm his spokesman on earth. And so like I'm doing, I'm bringing all this effort. God's going to meet me in the end zone. Yep. And when he lost, it was sort of like, what do we do now? Did, did God just lose a football game? Wow. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, that's really what was communicated in that. Yeah. Regard. I remember that. Uh, listen, I've been on stage in Dominican Republic, um, doing concerts to, you know, hundreds and at times thousands of people. And it started to rain several times when I was over there one year Yep. and you know, God's the rainmaker, but I'm God's spokesman right now flown over. I'm not trying to elevate myself, but I was up there talking about him and I raised my hands and I, and I said, God, stop the rain. And I'll tell you what, the whole audience never was more attentive the whole time I was on stage for hours and weeks than that moment. And it rained harder. <laughs> so my, my point is, yeah. it's not an automatic in that way. Uh-huh. You could be quote God's favorite, which I'll talk about later. I'm like, Jesus made efforts for God, his father, to change his mind, and God, his father, didn't. Yep. But Moses made efforts to change God's mind, and God did. Mm. So I do want to say, though there's not a formula, there are examples that are not prescription, meaning they're guarantees. There is one guarantee that Jesus Christ did raise from the dead. I mean, we believe by faith that Jesus Christ did what he said he would do, and we have a secure place with him both here now and for eternity. But what happens in this earthly life, how heaven and earth merge together and marry and dance on earth, man, I don't know, but yeah. I have a great biblical answer for all yeah. the questions right now. Okay. And let's take do a it. look. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, first of all, I'd love to say just as far as effort or working goes or exercising, you know, I'd love to throw out a verse. When we talk about salvation, we are definitely an Ephesians two church and I, I hope everybody is, but we're saved by grace. It's a gift of God, um, and it's not by any kind of work. But Paul also writes to another church in the area of Philippi, and he says, Hey, beloved, just as you've always obeyed God, not only in my presence, but even in my absence, continue to work out your salvation Mm -hmm. with fear and trembling, meaning work out your salvation really seriously, almost like if you're not working it out, you should be scared, is is kind of how he says it. I I can't really teach on this long, but let me just clear it up for you. He's not saying work in a way to earn salvation. He's saying now that salvation's been given you, work it out. It, podcast listener, it would be like me handing you a month free membership to the UFC gym that yeah. I work out at. You are gifted that of nothing you've done, just like your salvation's been gifted to you in that way. If I were to say, have you been working out at the gym? Or if I saw you and you only gained weight and got overweight and out of shape over the next month, I'd go, hey, have you been working out at the gym? You'd go... No, I know I know you gave me that membership, but I haven't touched it. I haven't used it. And I go, wow. James would go, your faith is not working, uh-huh. meaning what you believe is really not being put into effect. You have a gift. 
you've been given something, but you're not working it out. Paul's looking at him saying, you've been saved. You've been given access to the living God. So go give effort to that thing. Uh So when I mention, uh, when we mention effort, it's very biblically precedented. Paul is not even afraid to put the word salvation next to it, that you'd work out of the new life that you've been rescued into. You'd work out in that context. So here's some examples, biblical theological examples that in in a sense are all over the map. I'll try to fly through some of these. Oliver, interject when Mm -hmm. you want to get a clarity for our podcast listener or a question for me. Mm -hmm. Um, John 6 records Jesus saying some very specific things about being in relationship with him. One of the things he says is salvation is a gift. And he says it like this, nobody can come to me as Jesus unless it's granted to that person by the father. He goes on to say, uh, and earlier in chapter six, he says, all that the father gives me will come to me. So we see that salvation in coming to Jesus relationally is actually something that's initiated by God. And unless God initiates it, no one comes. So unless you can knock at that door all you want, but until someone opens that door and invites you in, you can't come in. Mm. And so we do see that gifts are, you know, all, all these things you'll see, I'll read from Ephesians 2 right now, they're all, they're, they're God-decided things. So our salvation, us being in relationship with him, it's a God-decided thing. Paul said it to Ephesus like this, God who's rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. So God, 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 we were making an opposite effort, mm-hmm. <laughs> warring against God, made us alive with Christ. Okay, so being made alive or being saved is a gift, even when we're doing an opposite effort like Paul, remember, or Saul when he was running against God. Mm-hmm. By grace, you've been saved. Grace is the mode that we get a gift. Yeah. What's the mode? The bridge is grace. And what's the gift? Well, we've been saved. Verse six, we're raised up with him. That No one can raise themselves up. Like you said on Sunday, yeah. Lazarus didn't raise himself from the dead. It right. wasn't Lazarus' faith that moved Jesus to raise him from the dead. Yeah. It's a real good indication how much effort. <laughs> you know, where did Moses end and God begin? God went a hundred yeah. and Moses went from death to life. He brought nada, nothing. Mm. So he raises us up. He seats us with Christ. Who can pull up a chair next to Christ's throne in heaven? No one. Mm. That's God doing 100% and we're recipients of that gift. He seats us in the heavenly places. Verse 7, I'm almost done with this portion. Mm. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ. That's a gift again. In the last piece, verse 8 and 9, this is by grace that you have been saved through faith. If you think about the through faith right here, we obviously think about faith as something that we bring. I'm believing. I'm acting on my belief. Like James would say, you say you have faith, and I'll tell you I have works. My works will pre- will prove my faith, meaning I'm going to work out my faith. Mm. I say I believe in Christ. I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to act on it. So, you know, there's a historical argument. We don't need to get into it, but is faith something we bring or is faith actual gift as well. I would be of the argument to say we were dead in our sin. Romans makes it real clear. And Christ puts a new seed in us that's producing all this stuff, including faith. However, the conversation of God doing a hundred and me doing zero is over. He Mm. said, come, enter, draw near, work out. That's where God is not opposed to our effort. Uh, he's opposed to us trying to earn something with him, but access, if we talk about, start to talk about the mystery and who God is, that's all available. And he's saying, come on, do you want to learn about me? Come on, let's do this. And I'm going to give you some biblical examples of that. Mm-hmm. The last thing he says is, this is not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. 
it's not a result of your works so that no one would become boastful and proud yeah, about themselves. Sure. So you can't say, I got here. You know, we're really, this passage basically says the person who says, I pulled myself up, I did it, I'm the man. Or even the person who says, I'm the man and the people around me help me be where I am without saying there is a mystery of God that's wrapping every single thing I've done in. Um, I thought I was moving down the beach, but when I looked down, it wasn't my footprints, it was his. Has to be part of the biblical narrative and how we'd explain this. I was just going to ask that, and I think it kind of lends itself to the next point probably, but you know, to what degree when Paul says, I worked out my salvation, could a earthly experience feel like a 50-50, but yeah. in the heavenly, un- invisible, when I actually, in retrospect, look at the beach in the hindsight of my life, from a spiritual vantage point, would I probably discover it was actually more like 100 to zero in could the first be. place, you know? You know, because we've under, we will, you know, here's what's interesting. Podcast listener, do you know this? We will never know the gravity, the weight of our sin. We'll never know its entirety yeah. because Jesus didn't even leave a drop. He somehow swallowed up mm. all of it. So you're right, Oliver. Even in our, even when we know we're partnering with God and walking with him and he's sustaining us, we still feel like we're walking. <laughs> and I mean, there's times in my life, like Saul, there's no way he could boast about his salvation. Jesus came and literally he was putting Christians to death yeah. and Christ himself reveals himself to him. You know, So you look at that and go, 100 zero. But like today, I look at my life, the efforts I've made, the prayers I've prayed, the, uh, and I look and said, I made that decision. But if I look at who I was apart from Christ, it's hard to even know what that guy is like because mm-hmm. even as bad and sinful as I have been in my life, grace has always been around me. I would have been worse. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to navigate. It's hard to measure. And we would say, podcast listener, we're not telling you to try to slice it up and figure out at the end of the day who did what. Mm-hmm. But what we are saying, uh, what I do want to present is a biblical argument of you just trusting God and not doing anything is not biblical. You doing everything and expecting God to show up and do a certain thing isn't necessarily biblical. Mm. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll just give you some biblical examples so mm. it doesn't sound like it's coming from me. Um, so sometimes we mistake our efforts and um, it's actually a gift. And that's a story that one of my favorites is when uh, Abraham and Sarah go into Abimelech's kingdom and Abimelech sees uh, Abraham's, quote, sister, because he's told it's his sister and she's beautiful. And he, you know, it's, it's not rare for that culture for a man to see a woman and say, I want to I lay with you. I want to have sexual relationship with you. And uh, that night, Abimelech has a dream and realizes that uh, Sarah is Abraham's sister. And if he were, I'm married to her, sorry, his wife. And if he were to sleep with her, it'd be terrible and there would be plagues. And so Abimelech talks to Yahweh God and says to God, uh, he says this, um, hey, God, he said that that's his sister. And uh, she said, that's my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I didn't touch her. Mm. He's boasting. Like, I, man, I made a good decision. Mm-hmm. God says to him in the dream, yeah, I know that in the integrity of your heart, you have done the right thing. But then he goes on to say, but I want you to know. I kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I didn't let you touch her. Mm. But Abimelech wakes up going, man, I really was self-controlled today. I didn't give in to pornography. I didn't give in to uh, endless binge watching. I didn't give in to breaking my diet. I didn't give in to an emotional affair. I didn't give in to gossip. I didn't give in to, because he made that decision. Mm. You made that decision, podcast listener. God lifts up the veil and says, you weren't walking, I was carrying you. So Mm -hmm. it does prove your point. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's, we could easily mistake the self-madeness or even our getting better as, 
hey, God, check me out. Yeah. Look how good a decision I'm making. God just is really kind of say, hey, yeah, you did well, but I made it impossible for you to sin in that place. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting comment right there. The idea of making it impossible sin to sin. I remember when uh, I first started coming to City Lights. One of the first sermons and the first series that we went through is Jonah, mm-hmm. the stories of an unsuccessful sinner. One mm-hmm. of these people that I think you would probably categorize as somebody that was going into the negative, mm-hmm. negative mm-hmm. one hundred, positive two hundred, or mm-hmm. however you want to mm-hmm. uh, you know mathematize that. But um, I think that's a really interesting concept to think of God's sovereignty, His sovereign grace. Um, the idea that like. Uh, it's impossible to separate those that are called according to his purposes and those yeah. that are drawn. Um, you know, you might veer left, you might veer right. I've heard C.S. Lewis say it this way, that we're all sort of sticks on a stream that's all going downhill. And mm. though you might mm. stray to the left or east or the west, like right. you said, at the yeah. end of the day, we're all ending at the foot of the river or the yeah. foot of Jesus. Um, and in many ways, that would argue that, you know, grace has its sort of sovereign way with us on the yeah. outside and in the surface. It feels like there's effort, but at the end of yeah. the day... Um, he's the one that is uh, catalyzing everything forward. Yep. Um, What's interesting, interesting. In a, on that topic and that thought, the scripture is heavy laden with effort, command, and charge in light of, I would say, the entire Bible represents a grace narrative. Uh-huh. So it's very interesting to work out your own salvation, um, enter his courts with thanksgiving, rejoice, I say it again, rejoice, whatever is pure and noble and lovely, think upon these things, exercise your body so that you're not discounted for, I mean, it's, it's constant like coaching, coaching, go, 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 do, 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 make decisions and, and be holy as I'm holy, but it's all in the context of a grace river that'll end there. So I do think one of the greatest mistakes we can make in this topic is, uh, well, Everything, you know, God's sovereign, everything's going to work out, doesn't matter what I do, uh, everything's going to, you know, a hyper-reformed theology is like, well, whoever's going to be saved is going to be saved, yeah. I don't impact it, I don't have to do anything. Sure. Or the other gutter is the blood of everybody who doesn't get saved that you were in that restaurant with because you didn't share the gospel hands. is on your, you're going to look down and see their blood on your hands for eternity. Like, gutter, gutter, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the heart of God, no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a, a poor, poor picture um, let me give these other three or two or three perspectives from the scriptures just to throw us a little more off balance. And I mean mm. that in a kind way. Sometimes our efforts in history biblically actually did move God. Yeah. Uh, Moses actually appeals to God and specifically his reputation if he destroys all of Israel for making the golden calf underneath Aaron's um, role, rule. And he destroys all of them, which God was justified in doing because they were playing the harlot and being idolaters. If God does that, Moses says, well, God, if you do that, who will be your people? Who will speak for you? And all the nations will say that the God who led them out of slavery smited them as soon as he had the first chance. And Moses, and I quote, God says this to him. Uh, He said in verse 14 of uh, Exodus, it says, "So so Yahweh changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. Why did Mo- why did God do that? Because Moses entreated the Lord. Moses asked the Lord to remember and and Moses literally said and I quote, "Please turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people." Now, Moses didn't come up with an idea that God hadn't heard before. God had revealed who he was and Moses appealed to God's character. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to slice that up as a theologian, Someone might say, was God ever really going to smite them? Was he just testing Moses and what Moses knew? Was he testing Moses' care for his people? That's not today's conversation, but what I will say is this. This is not the only time in Scripture where we see God 
uh, move on behalf. You mentioned it earlier, sun stands still. Jo- Joshua says, hey, God, would you keep the sun up a mm-hmm. little longer so I can kill your enemies? Yeah. Like, I want to kill more people because you said to kill them. Can I do it? And and literally, science has actually proven that there is a longer day in scientific history. And one of the only explanations that is given in history is actually in the scriptures where the sun stood still for extra hours. Mm-hmm. Another situation from the New Testament, there's a Canaanite woman who Canaanites, if you don't know, we're going to talk about this in a series at City Lights on Sunday eventually here, but Canaanites are descendants of the Sidonites, and the Sidonites were the first cursed people on earth. Mm-hmm. And all the way down to a Canaanite woman, Canaanite woman comes up to Jesus in the Gospels and says, uh, woman, would, or Jesus, son of David, would you have mercy on my daughter because she's severely, severely depressed? And Jesus ignores her to her face, doesn't even say a word to her. Mm-hmm. Then the disciples came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you send this woman away? She's bothering us. She keeps crying out, asking us questions. And Jesus looks at the disciples in her hearing. <laughs> this is our Jesus, by the way, and says, listen, I wasn't sent to the lost sheep of the, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Meaning what he's saying is this lady's not an Israelite. I'm not listening to her either. That's a, that's a, that's a cold thing to say. But then she comes up physically, kneels before Jesus and says, Lord, help me. And then he answers her and he says this. It gets worse. He says, it's not right to take the children's bread, the Israelites, <laughs> and throw it to the dogs. He just called her a dog. Mm-hmm. Literally called her a dog. She said, yes, Lord, you're right. But don't even the dogs eat crumbs off the table of the master? Jesus then looks at her and says, oh, woman. Mm-hmm. great is your faith. Which, by the way, he only commended, in the New Testament in his life, he only commended outsiders outside the people of Israel, right. their faith. And he says, it is done as you desire, and her daughter was instantly healed of her demon possession. The kingdom of heaven was supposed to go to Judea before the ends of the earth. It was supposed to go to the Israelites first, and then the Gentiles. And of course, the book of Acts opened up, opens up a new dispensation. Of course, when Peter realizes that God says that both the, the food that was clean and unclean were all clean to yes. eat, that was referring, of course, prophetically to the Jews and the Gentiles being grafted into the the New Testament together. And uh, in a sense, she is, uh, what would you say? She is inheriting and she was forecasting a blessing she wasn't supposed to be getting Mm -hmm. by that time. So literally something as serious as a covenantal decree, she is somehow able to, because of faith, because of how much faith matters, uh, able to to leverage something. What you just said is so excellent to try to prove this point. You just said it. Let me just put it in some words. She somehow understood, or at least had faith to believe that grace extended outside of just the covenant people. Yeah. And she brought effort on Uh top of future grace. Right. She didn't know that there was grace for her. In fact, she was pushed away, I think three times by Jesus and the disciples many times, but she kept bringing effort, believing grace, right. and then is commended. So, I mean, that is a great example of bring your effort, assume the grace, don't give up. However, <laughs> sometimes we make effort to much avail. Your request for Moses and Canaanite women's met, but Jesus in the garden, who is actually the son of God, so he really truly is, quote, the guy who should be able to get what he asked for and should know best what to ask for in the Garden of Gethsemane requests multiple times for God, his father, to make a different way and still goes to the cross. So sometimes you make an effort. Jesus understood grace better than us. Jesus understood the will of God better than us. Made an effort and it didn't end up the way he thought. We'd probably put Paul 
uh, Saul, who was going the opposite, and God brought him the other way, and the rest of his life he went with God, mm-hmm. is one of those guys who's a good example of grace and effort. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, it, Paul actually says, there are so many times that I kept begging God for things and asking God for things in power and confidence and faith, and it didn't happen. Hmm. So Jesus and Paul made significant efforts and didn't get what they were looking for. Yeah. And then there's a passage, a section in Hebrews that talks about all the people in Judeo-Christian history who made effort after effort after effort and were faithful, 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 faithful. And the thing that's said about all of them is that none of them saw the things that were promised to them. So they didn't set their hope on those promises being fulfilled in this life on earth mm-hmm heaven being on earth as this way, they said there must be a home and a city to come where all these promises will be fulfilled. But all those people made incredible efforts, right? Mm -hmm. They made incredible efforts. And so, I mean, really the three things that I just said from the scriptures, they keep us off balance, but they keep us moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, The three things are just simple. It's just efforts, are in fact gifts from God mm-hmm. and efforts sometimes some way in a mysterious way move God and other times efforts done in a mysterious way with a mysterious God don't move God mm-hmm. it's not on how righteous or unrighteous you are the unrighteous are saved you know how many sinners get, end up getting saved sinners are the only ones who get saved yeah. it's not righteous people who get saved right. you know and and so like you can't make an argument. It's not like, oh, why do bad things happen to good people? There aren't good people in a biblical paradigm. Mm-hmm. So that's a gift. So, you know, if we're getting ready for next episode of the how this works yeah. out, what I would say about this is, my friend, podcast listener, if you've been on the side of grace, 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 when God wants me to move to Africa or get a job or know something about him or be loving to my wife, he'll put love in me. Mm-hmm. He'll put an application in my hand. Somebody will give me a million dollars. Somebody will pay my bill. When God wants to me to eat, he'll bring food to my room. I'm going to lock the door. He'll give him a key. Mm. You really, uh, you, we're going to get into this next week, but I would just say like, watch out. Yeah. If it's the other side, I've got to do all this. If I do all these things, then God's going to move on my behalf. Uh, you know, Jesus compare yourself to Jesus. That didn't always work for him, but it does work for some. So if any of these things become your black and white rule, then you've said that the scriptures present a prescription in this conversation of the tension between grace and understanding or effort and endowment or achievement and exercising in a gift and a provision. Mm. And what I would say, Oliver, is the prescription is this. God is not opposing your effort. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the mystery explained is we'll never know how much grace was contributing to the to this, but we do know that God is all about enjoying it with you. Mm. He's not saying like, you did nothing, it's all about me. Although some different theological constructs will kind of make that argument. Mm-hmm. So those are my thoughts. Oliver, what are you hearing? Kind of give us, would you give a summary? Not only for me, I want to hear what you heard mm-hmm. me say. I hope I said it well mm-hmm. and clear, but also for our podcast listener, let's help them pull those pieces together. I heard you talk a lot about uh, effort, and I think that could be surmised in a lot of different ways, the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we try, um, study, ask questions, move, um, and make an effort to move towards God. I heard you say that um, it's really hard in the Bible over time and across different circumstances to categorize what effort will do, mm-hmm. how it impacts mm-hmm. the world around you, and how it uh, yeah. leverages a, on on God. Um, yeah. I think we do see precedence of God uh, recognizing effort. Um, I don't necessarily think that right motivated effort 
is ever wrong. I do think right. sometimes we might be disappointed by its outcome, is what you said. Yeah. Um, sometimes we would do a, a genuine, sincere step out of the, of the boat effort and not get the outcome that we do. But at the end of the day, when you look at Hebrews 11, I don't know if there's any faith that's leveraged or offered in, in this world that isn't recognized and celebrated by God, even right. and maybe right. especially if it doesn't right. get the outcome yes. that, that it expects. Um, well, and blessed so, are you who believe who doesn't see. You know, yeah. so you're right. If you have an effort of belief and you don't have a reward for it, you're the blessed one. So is what he says. Yeah. So, so I think when I what I hear us saying, and if I were to kind of if we close and land the plane and talk about what would this look like tomorrow morning, um, I understand for sure that at the end of the day, he's pulling us a hundred zero um, in his sovereignty, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes that does manifest into what looks like our working out our salvation and sanctification. Um, with with grit and with uh, labor, um, but at the end of the day, what I hear us saying is, if effort's not ever puni- punished, and if it's sometimes mm. rewarded in outcome, or at least recognized and honored by God mm-hmm. before we see it, mm-hmm. then why not engage our effort to the greatest extent? Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with Timothy, our worship leader, a couple uh, of months back, and we talked about how um, our effort can be relative for some in some points. You know, Chris, for example, has been working out at UFC. He could probably lift a lot easy, easier um, and use less effort to lift the same weight that I would. Um, in some ways, isn't effort just the next step? We, we talk about striving and thriving. I don't want to move into the effort that's going to cause me to strive. I don't right. want it to move me off balance. Right. I don't want it to move into an earning so that right. I it becomes my identity. My effort should always outflow from what he's deposited in me and what he's already um, given to me freely as grace. Uh, And so really it's a question of not should we have effort, it's how much. And I just wonder if we could measure it with with some sense of um, understanding in your own identity and working out Mm -hmm. what effort would feel like slavery and Mm -hmm. what effort would feel like sonship. Mm -hmm. Only you could answer that question. But I do think it's a question we need to ask ourselves because we don't want to go to the gym and lift weights you know, the way that somebody that's walking with the Lord for 20 years, right. because what it would take to get us to lift that weight would yeah. be different than what we need to do. We need yeah. to start with the 20 pounds of the dumbbell. It's a silly illustration, but I do think that um, we're continually, just like you said with the gym, we're here in the gym for the sake of growth and right. grace, real grace, real him moving on our behalf should look like us growing. And we know and as well as anybody gift. else, we're not going to, we're not going to grow unless we exercise. That's so we should effort. exercise through effort to the most that we can, we can do. One of the things I want to just mention as we close, and it's what you said. Um, I love how you said, uh, we need to ask the question of what is the outcome I'm expecting from this effort? Mm-hmm. Because I think if we're really introspective and looking deep, we usually have a reason why we're doing something, and if it's not a pure Absolutely. reason, Absolutely. you will be like you said. Your we're going to be disappointed. Way more important than and your we'll what? conclude yeah. things about God. We'll conclude things about effort. And the danger is, if any of your conclusions about God are anything other than holy and righteous and perfect and good at all times, I'm not just saying you have to believe that, but that's all He is. And so if you go effort, 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 and nothing happened for me, God doesn't care. God isn't good. God is blah 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 blah. Then your outcome was, if I do X, Mm. God will do Y, and Mm -hmm. it will equal Z, but you ended up with a P. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're like, God is to be blamed. That's a real problem. That We'll get into some of that next episode. Podcast listener, we're glad you're with us. We always love tuning in. Please give us some feedback on iTunes. Like it. Share it on social media if it's been helpful to you. Uh, We look forward to talking next week as we go in even further on this subject. Much love. Much love. Adios. See ya.